Well, hello and welcome to Binge Watch, the podcast where we take a look at the hottest new TV and film releases on streaming television platforms. I'm Hannah Fernando, the group editor of Woman and Woman and Home magazine. And I'm Ian McEwen, writer on TV and Satellite Week, TV Times and What's on TV magazines. And today we're looking at the new releases for the week starting Friday, the 22nd of September 2023, including John Wick spin-off The Continental on Prime Video and Insomniac Comedy still up on Apple TV+. We'll also be checking out the return of Irvin Welsh drama Crime to ITVX and completing our sex education on Netflix. Oh, it's coming to the end. But first, Ian, what is in the news? Netflix's as-yet-untitled four-part series about Robbie Williams will look at the highs and lows of the singer's life and career. What else is in the news, Hannah? I'm such a Robbie fan. I love the idea of that. Um, Well, in Chicken Run, sequel Dawn of the Nugget, coming to Netflix at Christmas, would you believe? Um, Miranda Richardson will again lend her voice to Mrs Tweedy, who is now running a nugget factory. How things have changed. Can't wait for that. Okay, well, uh, a good selection, I would say, this week. We're going to kick off on Prime Video with... The Continental from the World of John Wick, which arrives on Friday, the 22nd of September. And here is a clip. A suit doesn't make a man. That's what's inside the suit that counts. It's resourcefulness and perhaps an open heart. Well, what are you waiting for? So you're going to get three feature-length episodes of this. People who are familiar with the John Wick film franchise will know that it starred, or stars if it carries on, Keanu Reeves as the titular hero. And I think, I've not really seen the John Wick movies, but I believe that the plot line for the first one was someone killed his dog so he set out to get revenge. And it's very kind of stylized, choreographed violence, if you're into that kind of thing. And of course, Keanu, everybody loves Keanu. This is a prequel, okay? It's telling the backstory of a character called Winston Scott, who in the Wick movies, as a much older man, is played by the brilliant Ian McShane of Deadwood fame and various other things i started watching episode one quite stylish scene in a nightclub there's great music it's a bit studio 54-ish we're in the, we're in the 70s a character called frankie who is actually winston's estranged brother he is trying to steal something so there's a big shootout and it's just lots of people getting, getting shot in the face and frankie is one of these movie characters who apparently just cannot be shot or injured because for some reason he's just too good so that really put me off because I hate that kind of gratuitous violence it's not really my scene Uh, then it settles down a bit Winston is kidnapped from London he's a businessman trying to strike a deal in London he's kidnapped taken to America where he meets oh my goodness Mel Gibson quite a daring move bringing him into this uh, series isn't it So he plays Cormac, who is in charge of the titular 
Continental Hotel, which is a place where criminals can sort of hang out safely as long as they follow the rules and they they pay in a certain kind of currency as well. So Winston is going to end up in a sort of bit the bit the way that John Wick does in the movies is going to be a kind of revenge plot. Winston and Cormac will be involved in Mel Gibson. I mean, I think controversial to bring him in, but he's okay in it, I must say. But I'm I'm just not really into this. It's very blokey as well, I felt. Very kind of macho and blokey. It's almost got a touch of the Guy Ritchie's about the way it's done. So I do think... I mean, I think John Wick fans will probably enjoy it, but think it's not as good as the movies. It wasn't really for me, though. Uh, what did you think? Oh, I did enjoy the 70s music, though. What did you think, Hannah? Well, I think you summed it up at the beginning, and you said it's not your scene, and it's not really my scene either, this kind of gratuitous violence. I, I, I think I'm just probably a bit... Of a um, of a wimp, probably in in, in things like this. But a I just, snowflake, I just aren't you? I'm a snowflake. I'm a snowflake. I can't say anything He's... else. That's exactly what I am. I just don't like stuff like that, and I can't pretend to. And I think that, um, just like you say, sort of seeing that level of violence, just it just doesn't resonate with me. It's not relatable to me. And I kind of spend more time looking into my hands or away from the screen than I do at the screen. So. There are some there are some bits that are good. There's some good music in there. You know, I think the storyline works really well. Of course, it does. Um, you know, it's it's sort of well trodden ground, isn't it? Um, and it's quite a slick kind of production, really. I just I don't know. I just, I'm just surprised that I, I get, again. I know it's set in the seventies, but it, I don't know. It just feels a bit sort of jars a bit with modern day feeling. I think. So no, it, I didn't love it. Over on Apple TV Plus, something rather different. It's a new comedy series called Still Up, also arriving on Friday the 22nd of September. And here is a clip. Danny, why are you crawling around in the dark? Were you actually asleep? Of course not. I was trying to save on light bulbs. Haven't slept for about two months. Chronic insomnia. Hypnotism, acupuncture, none of it works. He's still up. How was your day? Oh, I saw this ad for some new pills called snoozers. No, they don't knock you out. They just make everything taste like cabbage. Yes, yeah, so this is season one and it has eight episodes. And um, from what I've seen so far, I really rather like it. So this is written by um, two Brits who based their whole the whole of the series on the fact that they can't sleep their their own experiences experiences of being insomniacs and um we talk about this all the time people really struggle to sleep fortunately touch wood and everything else i'm not one of those people but if you ever do have the odd occasion where you can't sleep at night it's absolutely horrible you feel like you're the only person in the world awake it just you're alone with your thoughts everything's exacerbated and I think we've all been there and know how that feels. So imagine trying to function when you genuinely have insomnia, where you can't sleep and then you have to function during the day. Um, but this is quite funny because this is set on two, based on two people um, who don't, who can't sleep. They're up through the night. One has a partner, one doesn't, um, a, a male and female. And... Um, her boyfriend goes to bed, her partner goes to bed and she's just up and awake and it's just completely sort of separate lives. But of course she creates this life. You go online, I guess you doom scroll, don't you? Go to the places you don't want to go to. And she meets somebody else who is 
same thing, just can't sleep. And their relationship becomes very, very funny. It's kind of like their, it's their life that no one knows about. So they've got their day life um, and then they've got their night life. And so, it, you know, they're quite very, very different people. You wouldn't put them together. But of course, once this sort of comes out that they are chatting and the things that they're going up to and what have you, although platonic, it's quite disconcerting for... Um, for the other people involved, and so it 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 is it is very funny. They land themselves in some very silly situations. It's not very believable in places. I'd be lying if I said it was. But I do think it's harnessed a topic and a subject area that is incredibly relatable to a lot of people. And if anybody can't sleep and they could have a fun relationship like she's created, um, I think. Um, be very delighted actually because it's just like a like-minded person somebody who's struggling in the same um way that that you are so i it, it has some really funny moments it's not very credible or believable in places but i actually really enjoyed it and i'll, I'll keep on with this what do you think Ian? i think there is plenty to recommend it but i also feel like i didn't enjoy it as much as i hoped i would because Antonia Thomas who plays Lisa she was in that fantastic series Misfits about the young offenders with superpowers she's I'm a big fan of hers also Craig Roberts plays Danny he was in the Richard Ayoade film Submarine he, he he's great so I, I really like both the stars then you've also got Blake Harrison who I'm sure gets annoyed every time people call him the guy from the in-betweeners but that's who he is and you've got Rich Fulcher from The Mighty Boosh. I feel it sort of owes a debt to the relationship that Ricky Gervais's character has in Extras with Ashley Jensen's character. Those are the sort of conversations that they have, these platonic friends. And it is a clever idea, the insomnia, A, and the fact that it's all going on over the phone. So she's out, say in episode one, she's out in the pharmacy, he's in his flat, and and the entire thing, they are talking to each other on the phone while things are happening to them. And that's very clever, I think. Really good idea. However, the situations that they've got themselves in, as you say, are not at all credible. So he is pretending that he's gone to Disneyland because he didn't want to go to the birthday party of his neighbour's cat. So like for two weeks, he has to pretend he's not at home, which is really, I mean, I suppose it's kind of funny, but it's also just... It kind of and it just annoyed me because it's not at all credible. And she <laughs> decided to take her kid on a sort of school trip, even though the kid had chicken pox, which I don't think a mum would do. And to disguise the fact she made the kid wear a sheep mask. And again, I thought, well, and, and then it's all the fallout from both those situations. There's a lot of stuff that's really good. I didn't find it as funny as it seems to think it is. But I, but I love, I love the two leads. I love their performances. I really like the setup, and um, yeah, I, I, I'm sure it will grow on me. So, um, yeah, cautiously <laughs> recommended. Over on ITVX from Thursday, the 21st of September, it's the return of the Irvin Welsh crime drama, Crime. And here's a clip. Fear. The basic human emotion that tells us whether to fight or run away. It's good to face up to your fears. However, doing so doesn't guarantee success. 
If it did, it wouldn't be such a big deal. But facing your fear is not the same as conquering the bastard. No, that's a different thing entirely. So this is a bit of a passion project for Dougray Scott, the Scottish actor, who is great. He plays the lead role in this, who is a traumatised Edinburgh cop called Ray Lennox. If you saw series one, it was all about him bringing this paedophile called Mr. Confectioner, who's played by John Sim, to justice. And it's, it's based on the books by train spotting author Irvin Welsh, who has a very particular voice and style. I mean, he's he's amazing. And this is a very unusual crime drama. Um, so I don't think you necessarily have to go back and watch season one, but it's probably worth it. Uh, to get the backstory. So Ray Lennox was put on gardening leave after the whole Mr. Confectioner case was wrapped up. He's been seeing a therapist. And, and, you know, a lot of it is his kind of, his demons that torment him from his childhood. He's a really tortured soul, but he's also like a kind of avenging angel um, in his attitude towards solving crime. So he's still in therapy, though he's not really particularly buying into it. He comes back to work and finds that his former protege, I think it's played by Joanna Vanderham, has now been promoted. So there's a slightly different dynamic there. There's also two new characters on the force who are, who are very good value. One of them is particularly misogynistic. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot about the kind of sexist um, environment. And then there's quite a lot about sort of gender identity because... Ray's nephew is sort of questioning his his own identity. He's a teenager. And then a former colleague of Ray's is now a trans woman and suffers an assault. Meanwhile, there's an alleged attack of a VIP in in a sort of high-class hotel, which appears to have been covered up. And are these things all linked together? That's the way it's going to pan out. So... It's really good. I mean, the, the dialogue is often very funny in quite a dark way. And the fact that we're getting the inner life of this main character, Lennox, which is, you know, a mess, really. He's really... And he kind of imagines things as well. And we see his sort of, not exactly hallucinations, but him imagining what he'd like to say to people. So it really is good. Uh, it's quite grueling in a way. But, um, yeah, I just think it's, it's high, high quality. And uh, I recommend it. And, yeah, I would say... Go back and watch series one first to get the most out of it. What did you think, Hannah? Yeah, I think it's really good. I think you, I personally think you do need to watch series one to kind of um, understand where you're at. It's not a necessity, but I think it's it's a good to. Um, Ray is a brilliant character, really. Um, it's quite amazing that somebody on, and probably worryingly, although uh, frankly it happens a lot, someone in, in needs therapy thinks they're better, clearly not in any way. Um, they're working within, you know, an institution where their work probably doesn't help their state of mind. And um, I think that's quite an interesting dynamic throughout it. And I also think that it's been quite clever. It's quite, it's modern, as you've described, in so many ways, tackling kind of different things that society is dealing with currently, but also kind of this, almost this sort of conspiratorial um, idea that seems to be, um, I don't know, I've met more conspiracy, 
conspiracy theorists than ever of late, I think. Um, that's not to say they're wrong, of course, but it sort of almost tackles that view of the police force and, you know, the idea that it is there because he wants to protect everybody. But, you know, he sort of starts to see it through the eyes of the elite and that actually it's about get, letting people get away with things. And, and it, I just think they tackle um, different areas really quite well. And uh, I don't know, have conversations about things that, ordinarily might be the elephant in the room so yeah i think it's very good and and like you say darkly humorous in places we're going to finish with another returning series we've been looking forward to this one also arriving on thursday the 21st of september on netflix it's the comedy drama sex education and here is a clip my partner left because he's not the father I know it's been hard, but I still need a mum. People are doing all these new things and sometimes I feel like I'm getting left behind. And I don't know that you're coming back. I want us to be friends. I can't believe it. It's coming to an end. But then I think probably the makers of this can't believe how well it's done, actually, judging by lots of the things that I've read from them just... It just it's just been an absolute phenomenon hasn't it and yes it is coming to an end but it comes to an end with a bang it's absolutely everything that you want and more it's um it tackles the same things <laughs> you're getting more of what you've already seen that made you laugh the first time around or make you laugh this time around um but it's completely changing because it has to be at the end so um moredale where um kids go that we will model that we've kind of come to secondary that we've come to know and love it's closing so um they're starting the students are starting a, a new term at cavendish sixth form college but um this college is slightly different to model secondary it's a school that um well you're not allowed to uh, gossip um it's all about inclusion and kindness and equality um it's a progressive school and arguably Mordell secondary wasn't quite that was it? it didn't tick all of those boxes and um so it's the dynamic of them trying to fit in but of course the bottom line is that no matter what school you're at all of these things that these kids have been going through <laughs> they will also be going through whether they're allowed to be or not allowed to be overtly um and they're sort of they've, they've become sort of um uh, I don't know, but the big characters in their own school. And now you're seeing them as, as, as small fish in a big pond rather than the other way around. And I just think um, some of the, I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm really shocked by anything actually, but they do go really near to the mark with this in, in so many areas, but yet it just makes you laugh and it's somehow acceptable on this. I, I, I feel really sad that this is ending. I think this is really brightens my day. I think it goes near topics that are so taboo, um, obviously sex being one of them. Um, so taboo and yet probably is going through lots of teenagers' minds and the kind of things that they're going through. So I think it's absolutely brilliant. I am so sad that it's ending um, and I hope that uh, they will reconsider, but sadly I don't think they will. Yeah, so pleased to see this back. Uh, sorry that it's ending. I mean, some reviewers have said that it's gone off the boil a bit in this last season, but I was so excited that it was back. I just absolutely enjoyed it. I really enjoyed episode one. So Gillian Anderson's character, um, of course, 
Otis's mum, who is a sex therapist. Uh, so she's now got a baby that she's she's having to look after on her own. And so we see her. She's all kind of she's in a right state. She's going for a job interview as a radio presenter. Um, she's got cabbage leaves down her bra because she says that helps with the breastfeeding <laughs> and the baby is sick on Otis's shoulder before he goes to school it just it just comes back and it's so confident the opening titles the music it's just a, a joy to see it come back and these characters that we we love I mean I do feel it's a shame that Maeve is now over in America uh, I mean, we still see her and she's sort of in touch with Otis on the phone. And there's a, the issue of sexting his tackles in episode one because he's too embarrassed to do it. Um, yeah, they're fitting in at a new school, as you say, which is the kind of it's the sort of school that um, would send Daily Mail readers into a frenzy because they would think it was it was all the woke karate <laughs> ruining everything. But yeah, so he's going to tr- try and do the... Um, set up his his uh, sex therapy service at the new school there's lots of new characters i mean i'm just delighted to see it back and it's what a launch pad it has been for so many of the young actors who've been in it um so that they're, they're already going on to do amazing things so yeah I, I just even if it's not as good as it was at its best and at its best it was absolutely brilliant um i'm just delighted to see it come back sorry to see it go and and if you if you are you know new to sex education i envy you because you've got all of it to go back and watch and you will not be disappointed now we've got to that time hannah where you find out what you've been binging on this week well i think there's only one thing to binge on and that was the dispatches wasn't it um that was out at the weekend and uh, just trying to digest all of that information and the many many column inches since how about you ian if I said to you, math suck, Hannah, I'm sure you'd immediately realise I was talking about Married at First Sight UK. Of course you are. Which is back and going to occupy a great deal of my time. And of course, uh, Strictly uh, is back. And these days we don't have to wait two weeks between the first and second show, which is great. So enjoying that. Looking forward to it. Now, we've just got time to look ahead to next week's offerings. So what's on the agenda, Brenda? Well, we'll be meeting the Superpowers students training to become heroes in the boys spin-off Gen V on Prime Video. And Wes Anderson, one of my favourite directors, well, he's directing Roald Dahl's The Wonderful Story of Henry Sugar, starring Benedict Cumberbatch, yes, on Netflix. So we look forward to those and much, much more. But in the meantime... Keep watching...